So we see it all over the place during this time of year. We see it in storefronts at various places throughout our communities, on Christmas cards, those word, that word joy, that word joy, that, that experience of joy, that theme of joy is one of the major themes of the Advent season. It goes along with the other three major themes of peace, hope, and love. But joy, I think, is a little bit more difficult, mostly because a definition of what joy is sort of eludes us. It's sort of vague. What exactly are we talking about when we talk about joy? And I think that that's complicated by the fact that we have sort of these cultural definitions of what joy is, that in the secularization and the commercialization of Christmas, joy has simply meant to be happy, to have these warm and fuzzy and positive and optimistic feelings. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with being positive and happy and optimistic during this time of year. There are lots of things that make me positive and happy uh, at this time of year. In a time of year where the, the sun sets at 4.30, <laughs> I am incredibly glad for Christmas decorations and lights outside of people's houses that make that a little bit more bearable. Um, one of the other things that really makes me happy during this time of year is Starbucks lineup of holiday drinks. <laughs> I already have a bad enough Starbucks habit, but during the holiday season, it gets even worse. I think I am personally keeping Starbucks in business during this time of year. I have had innumerable amounts of chestnut praline lattes. Christmas movies obviously make me happy. That's why I'm dressed like this, and we're talking about the Grinch today. Uh, uh, Christmas cookies, all sorts of things make me happy during this time of year, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's a good thing when we're happy and positive and all of those sorts of things, but my contention is, is that is not the summary of what joy is. That is not the, the wholesome look at what joy actually is. That joy is actually much bigger and much deeper than simply those fleeting feelings of happiness. Archbishop Desmond Tutu says, he says that, that happiness and joy are not synonyms. He says that while happiness depends upon external circumstances, joy does not. That joy is not dependent upon the external realities that surround us, but that joy can be experienced even when things are hard, even when things are difficult. Because sometimes joy looks like this picture. <laughs> if you ever wanted to know what the, the lead up to a, the actual Christmas card photo looked like, that's what it looks like. You know, these kids are probably being told to be happy, to smile so that grandma and grandpa can hang it on the fridge and auntie and uncle would, would love it, but, you know, it's becoming exhausting and they're upset. Their external realities are not, are not happy, but they're still in some ways holding on to joy. And I think that was where we often find ourselves, that even when our external realities are not happy or positive or the cause for optimism, we are still in many ways holding on to joy. Now, when it comes to Christmas characters in, in Christmas movies and the Christmas movie lexicon, if there was one character that we would say lacked joy, it would be the Grinch. The Grinch was and is one of my favorite movies. It was one that we watched in my house a lot growing up. It was a favorite of my mom, and we would uh, watch the 1966 cartoon version in my house, um, the original one, and 
There have, of course, been other versions of that one made. There's been the Jim Carrey one, and you all know of my great disdain for that version of the, the Grinch. And then there's the, the 2018 animated version, which you can see uh, screenshots for that one up here. That was the, the one that a group of us watched together last night. And that version of the movie has quickly become one of my favorite uh, Christmas movies in general. Not only my favorite version of The Grinch, but one of my favorites in general. I think I decided last night watching with all of you that it, has, it is actually my favorite Christmas movie. Now, I would highly encourage all of you to go and to watch that version. Uh, what I'm going to say here today won't give you the full scope of how funny that movie actually is. Um, so go watch it. I highly recommend that you go and see it. Anyone who was there last night will tell you that it's an excellent rendition of The Grinch. And one of the reasons why uh, this version is now my favorite is not only because it's charming and funny, but it helps us to understand The Grinch in a much more uh, relatable way. So you know how the original story goes with the, the book and the 1966 version of the movie that uh, The Grinch hated Christmas and Dr. Seuss says that no one really knows why. Perhaps it's because his shoes were too tight or his head wasn't screwed on just right. Or maybe it's because his heart was two sizes too small. Which maybe the Grinch has a medical problem. Um, <laughs> but that to me is not really a, a relatable way of understanding the Grinch. This happens a lot in children's stories. They sort of flatten out the kind of villain characters. I call it the, the Disney-fying of characters in movies, like where the, the villain is wholly evil and has nothing redeemable about them, has nothing that happens in their backstory that made them the way that they are. And one of the reasons why I like this version of the Grinch is it gives us an accurate and I think realistic picture of why the Grinch hates Christmas. And so, you know, the movie starts, the Grinch is up to normal Grinchy behavior, uh, hating Christmas, knocking over snowmen of little children, uh, doing the sort of things that you would expect a, a Grinch to do. But there's a scene where they bring in this massive Christmas tree that's going to be set in the center of town, and the, the Grinch says, that tree has got to go. And so he sets up a catapult on a, on a ledge, like on a mountain ledge, and he's going to fling like snowballs at it to knock it down. Um, by the way, the Grinch is an amazing engineer in this movie. For, so, so for all of you engineers out there, you might marvel. He's like Inspector Gadget. Um, you'll marvel at all the contraptions he created. Maybe be inspired to create your own kind of contraptions. Um, maybe not a catapult to knock down Christmas trees, though. Um, so he's ready to knock down this Christmas tree. But he you know, starts to fall off the ledge. So he gets into the catapult, and then it flings him off towards Whoville. And he ends up in Whoville during this great Christmas celebration with all the cheer and the, the happiness that normally goes along with the season. Um, and as he's there, with all the lights and the noise and the celebration, the Grinch starts to have what we would all recognize as a panic attack. Um, and we have this flashback to when he was uh, just a little baby Grinch when he was growing up. And uh, he grows up in this version of the story, in an orphanage. You know, all of Whoville is lit up for Christmas, but the Grinch lives seemingly by himself in this orphanage. There's no one else there with him. And, and so uh, it's the Christmas that nobody cares, the narrator says. There's no present, there's no trees. The Grinch is sort of just forgotten in this orphanage, and he's walking around town in this flashback. He sees parents playing with their kids, snowmen being built, all of this sort of thing. And, and the narrator says that the Grinch realized that this is the single worst day of the year. Uh, the Grinch hates Christmas for a reason. 
for him, it, it brings back this traumatic and this painful memory, this time where it seemed like nobody cares, and it has shaped and formed his entire life, that now he lives away from the Who's because he thinks the Who's don't care about them, and it's turned him into to hating the Who's. He lives alone and in isolation, and he hates Christmas because of this painful memory that he experienced. And I think that that the Grinch, this version of the Grinch, reminds me and calls to mind for all of us that the Christmas season, this lead up to Christmas, is not a happy one for everybody. That during this time of year, there are many who are dealing with very difficult realities. You know, for the Grinch, it's this isolation, it's this traumatic memory. The, the movie also does a really good job of adding some other layers to some of the, the familiar characters of the original Grinch story. So, you know, you have little Cindy Lou Who, who is no more than two in the original one, who's the, the only one who wakes up when the Grinch is stealing Christmas, dressed like Santa Claus. Um, in this version, she's a little bit older, and she lives in Whoville with her twin brothers and uh, her mom, her single mom, who works the night shift and then spends all day caring for her family. So this kind of reminder and this sort of idyllic expression of Whoville, the sort of, it looks like a Christmas village that you set up in your house, you know, it's this idyllic scene. But even amidst this idyllic scene, there are people who are struggling, people like Donna Who, who works all night and then takes care of her kids all day. And then beyond that, there are people dealing with difficult realities. There are people uh, like Zechariah and Elizabeth, who we met in the story that I just read a, a little while ago. Um, Zechariah was one of the priests in the temple in Jerusalem. And, uh, you know, the priests in those days were aristocrats. They were part of the, the wealthy upper elite in that society. And, and with all of his wealth and all of his sort of power and influence, behind all of that, Zechariah is dealing with this, this struggle that he and his wife, Elizabeth, have had no children. And in that society, it is a, a shameful thing, a sense of God not being present with you. So he's supposed to be leading and helping the people of God to, to follow God, to understand who God is, and yet he's dealing with this reality in his own life. And then there are people who are dealing with all sorts of different things, waiting for answers to questions about their health, whether it be mental or spiritual or physical. There are people dealing with financial difficulties, anxieties about what the future holds. Uh, there are people who are in, in immigration detention centers. There are people who are uh, homeless on the streets during the season. There are people dealing with all manner of difficulties during the Christmas season. And sort of this secularized and commercialized message of joy simply tells them that they are supposed to be happy. They're supposed to feel a certain way. Last week, we talked about the pressure of creating the, the perfect Christmas, but there's also this pressure that others feel to, to experience a certain kind of emotion during the season, an emotion, happiness, that might be really difficult for them to draw from. I remember the first Christmas after my uh, grandfather died. Uh, we would always go to my grandparents' house on Christmas Eve, and my, my grandpa was the first of my close relatives to pass away, and uh, he died in April of that year, and we had some time to kind of process our emotions around him passing away, but we knew when we came to Christmas Eve that there were going to be some big feelings around that because this was the first Christmas where he uh, wasn't there. And I remember my grandmother acting in this overly happy way, this way that, of happiness that was incredibly fake and contrived. 
And she was acting that way because she felt like she had to. I didn't know it then. I was in high school then. But she was acting that way because she felt like she needed to be happy. And knowing what I know now, I wish I could go back to that moment and I could tell her that you don't have to be happy on Christmas. But we can still experience joy together. Because joy is so much bigger than happiness. Uh, C.S. Lewis says this. He says, all joy reminds. It is never a possession, always a desire for something longer ago or further away or still about to be. All joy reminds. What joy reminds us of is the, the goodness of God, the goodness of God that is always at work in our lives, that is at work in our lives even when things are difficult. Uh, the theologian Miroslav Volf, who uh, has done incredible work around forgiveness and reconciliation among the, former break, the breakup of the former Yugoslavia, he says that, that, that joy is an emotional attunement between self and the world. And I would add to his definition, say that joy is an emotional attunement between self and God. It is a sense of God's presence. It is a sense of God's love and presence in our lives, a sense of the goodness of God that is at work within us, even when things are hard. The good news of great joy that is announced on Christmas Eve is for all people, and it is announced and it is an experience not for a world that is perfect and without pain, without heartache, but a world that very much experiences those things. And the, the joy is that God is at work in that sort of world. And if you think about the Grinch in this 2018 version uh, of, of that story, he is someone who lacks joy perhaps because he does not have that emotional attunement between self and world, between himself and even his own self, that he is um, estranged from others, that he does not experience love and community acceptance and, and this feeling like he is seen. And so he thinks that he can steal joy because he thinks that joy is those external realities. And so he goes through Whoville and he steals all of their stuff and he gets up to the top of Mount Crumpet, right? And he's waiting for the sounds of sadness to rise from down to Whoville because he's stolen everything from them. And then he hears them start to sing. Because joy is not as fleeting as happiness. Joy resides deep within us, a sense that we are loved and accepted as we are and for who we are, beyond all of those external realities. I asked my mom this week, why did we love the Grinch so much in my house growing up? And one thing she asked me was, are you going to dress like the Grinch like you did for Mr. Rogers? And um, <laughs> well, here we are. Um, you know, I asked, her, I asked her, why did we like the Grinch so much growing up? And she said, um, you know, I, she said that she used to love Christmas. She used to love, uh, she used to get really into the Christmas spirit in October before Halloween had even hit. She would listen to Christmas carols. She would love to decorate, love to do Christmas shopping. But then, um, it's over 20 years ago now. I can't remember exactly when it happened. My mom started to experience really severe chronic pain. Um, chronic pain in such a way that it made her doing just the normal everyday things that many of us take for granted really difficult. Um, and so she said that Christmas became a chore, the setting up of the tree, the decorating, the shopping. The, I remember, you know, she used to make these amazing monster cookies. Um, and we would have to help her mix the batter because it was so uh, stressful and physically taxing for her to do that. And, and she said that she learned to love the Grinch 
because she learned to see Christmas joy and the experience of Christmas beyond all of these external realities, that it allowed her, I think, to have this deeper experience of what Christmas is all about. So as the Grinch experiences joy for the first time in his life and his heart grows three times its size, which, again, sounds like a medical problem to me, um, as his heart grows three times its size, he comes back and he uh, brings back all of the gifts and the presents and everything back to, to, to Whoville, and then he goes back to his, his cave north of Whoville, and he thinks that this is, he's going to kind of be alone and isolated for uh, forever now, and and that's when little Cindy Lou comes and, and knocks on his door and invites him to come to, to Christmas dinner. And at first he says, why, why do you want to invite me? Like, I stole your entire Christmas. And she says, yeah, I know, but we're inviting you anyway. You've been alone long enough. That's little Cindy Lou throughout the entire movie. Her whole goal is to, is to make others feel joy. The only thing she wants to give that Christmas is for her mom to know how much she is loved and appreciated, even with all of the stuff that she does. And at the end, she invites the Grinch to come back to, to share in, in Christmas dinner. And the, the Grinch is a little bit nervous. He puts on a, a nice little candy cane tie. Um, but he goes to Christmas dinner, and he experiences for the first time in his life this this joy of acceptance, this being seen and heard and loved and uh, for who he is, even beyond the wrong that he um, that, that he's done. And, and he says at the end of the movie, he says, I realize now that I didn't hate Christmas, but I hated being alone. And there are two things, two concluding thoughts that I have about this movie. I don't know where you are during this Christmas season. I know, statistically speaking, there are people who are here for whom this season can bring up feelings of difficulty, feelings of loss. Um, it might be the, the first Christmas without the, the person that you love at the table or opening presents or, or anything like that. It, you can experience any manner of things. And what I want you to know more than anything is that the good news of great joy that the angels will sing about on Christmas Eve, that it includes you too that it includes you, it is for you, that it is for you, that you are loved and accepted and seen and heard for where you are right now and in this moment. And for those of you for whom this season might be one of happiness and positivity, I think the goal is to become like little Cindy Lou, to take notice, to see and to hear and to notice those for whom this is a season of struggle and to be people who are willing to bring that joy to them to let them know that they are loved and accepted and seen and heard even when things are hard, even when they can't be happy. Because joy is available for all of us at all times, in all places. It grounds us and holds us secure. And the Grinch can never, ever steal joy. Thanks be to God. Amen.